Hey everybody, listen, I am so thrilled that your local church is partnering with us as part of our 2018 simulcast on September 15th. Listen, there's nothing all year long that we believe God more for, more fervently than we do for this simulcast gathering. This is the big date on our calendar. And with everything we've got, we believe him to come with transforming power, with such affection and praise God with our adoration of him, creating an atmosphere where he can do absolutely anything he pleases. I want so much to see him do that with you. And I want to be with you that day so that we can get in God's word together and worship him with all of our hearts. I'm so, so glad that your local church is offering this opportunity. And I'm so thankful to invite you to be part of it. Come, we're going to have such a good time. Good morning. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. I think everyone is still uh, excited from last night, apparently. So uh, a lot of happy people. You know, you never know with the rain when it pours down, but uh, I guess when Kentucky beats Florida, people are ready to come to church. So that's, that's great. It's great to see everyone this morning. Uh, if you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. Matthew 9, verse 35 through 38. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Amen. You may be seated. As I said, welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. Uh, the video that just played was for the Beth Moore simulcast coming up soon. Uh, check your bulletin uh, for info on that. Uh, a lot of things happening here at Broadway and a lot of different ministries. So uh, if you're curious about any of those in your bulletin, Check those out, and if you're a guest and you're curious about different ministries, things whether it's kids or youth ministry, uh, or you need prayer, uh, fill it out and, and let us know, uh, especially if you're a guest. We want to know uh, that you came to worship with us this morning. We're so glad that you did. Um, I want to read a, a thank you letter. Uh, this is from Mary Todd Elementary. Thank you to everyone at Broadway Baptist Church for the incredible donation of school supplies to Mary Todd Elementary. The carts just kept rolling in with all sorts of goodies, and it was a welcome sight for me. Let me explain. I'm new to the fourth grade team at Mary Todd and moved into a classroom that was virtually empty. I did have the district provided math and reading books, but not much more. There's so much to learn, do, make, learn, organize, decorate, and buy at this time of the year so that the whole process can be a bit overwhelming. I was feeling the stress. Today, they gave an all-call to come to come down to help Beth Myers with unloading some donations. Beth does so much for our school. I wanted to be sure to go to help her. What a surprise to see the loads of backpacks, crayons, paper towels, and so much more being brought into our cafeteria for our students. When Beth directed me to the back-to-school cake, I just couldn't really believe it. 
Not only was it super adorable, but I just sent the message that someone cared uh, about me and the job I would be facing in just a couple of days, and that I would also have a glue stick if I needed it. Thank you, thank you for the loving gesture and generous donation. I appreciate you and your giving hearts. Special thanks to Miss Peggy Hyams for coordinating the donations. I promise that I will do my best to give. I will promise that I will do my best to give my best to my new little friends who will be joining my class this year. It's such a blessing to be able to make a difference in the life of a child. And with your generosity, you have done just that. In gratitude, Gina Harrison. Uh, so that's, that is your work, your generosity at work, Broadway, and, and I know firsthand the generosity of this church, so uh, I want to just keep encouraging you as a, as a, and us as a congregation uh, to keep up with generous hearts uh, that give. So at this time, uh, I will hand it over to David. Thank you, Brother Zach. What a great day to be inside instead of outside, <laughs> goodness sakes. When I was a child... That's not been as long ago as some of you may think. And then, <laughs> and then, then when I was a, a teenager, and then a college student, and then a young adult and all, and then but by that time I had uh, uh, surrendered my life to full-time service, which was going to be music ministry. Back in those days, I, went to a, I grew up in a Baptist church. There was a Baptist church and a Methodist church, and when I went to a little town where one of my aunts lived, the only church in town was a Nazarene church. Those churches all had differences. Today, in our Baptist churches, we have, we've, we've divided into different kinds of groups. We have Baptists with contemporary worship, Baptists with traditional worship, Baptists with blended worship, and Method, others, others have done the same. I'm just telling you to say that when, uh, when I was growing up, I grew up in a church that was a Baptist church. There wasn't any other definition of it except it was a Southern Baptist church. We sang the doxology every Sunday morning. And I was just talking to Brother Hurd. Wherever he's been in those years back, they did the same thing. We don't sing the doxology too often here. But in James 1.17, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above. And the doxology says, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. That's how we're going to start the service this morning. Would you stand as we sing the doxology? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Join me as we go to our Savior in prayer. Holy Father, what a privilege it is to bow in your presence and worship you, to open our hearts with praise and thanksgiving. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house this day. Thank you for the refreshing rain that you are blessing us with, all of the bountiful things that you pour out upon us day by day. As we gather today, Lord, we just want to offer back praise and thanksgiving unto you. May we worship you, the true and the, God, true and the living God, in spirit and in truth. 
May our hearts be true unto you day by day as we seek to be obedient and to walk with you. Thank you for every person that's gathered. There are some special needs each individual has today. And we know, our Father, that burdens are delivered at Calvary. And I thank you that we can go to you today in behalf of those with the special needs and intercede for them. There be those here today that do not know you, Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, personal Lord and Savior. We pray that this shall be the day that the Holy Spirit will convict and draw them to repentance and faith. I pray for our pastor as he shares your word with us today. May he be empowered. And Father, may your will be accomplished. And may we leave this place rejoicing and saying it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. We pray in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. I think most everyone here knows Donnie Miller. Donnie uh, is a singer and a good one. And he has a quartet. This is a newly formed quartet, and I'm so excited. They're called Embraced with Grace. They're going to be here tonight doing a full concert. And uh, with the weather and some other things, I kind of thought maybe this morning we ought to adjust things a little bit. So we're going to give them a little bit extra time this morning. Uh, the choir has postponed what we were going to do this morning until next Sunday. And uh, I, I just want you to hear this group this morning. I've, I had a sneak preview. They gave me a CD that's just been released. So in just a few moments, Embraced with Grace is going to lead us in worship. And I do hope you'll come back tonight. I know some of you can't drive at night and all that sort of thing. But those of you who can get here, please come. It's going to be an awesome night tonight. We're going to continue singing now, As a Deer. Let's, as a Deer Panted. Let's sing that song together, and I think you'll like it. Let's stand together. Ushers, you come as we sing.
us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to gather in your house, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the many blessings you give us. We ask you to bless this music that we're about to hear and bless the message. Lord, we just ask you to bless this offering of which we're about to receive that may enhance your kingdom, Lord, and do work for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for the invitation, Pastor, and being with you all this morning. We're going to start with an old song that I know you know, and this is how I know you know it, because uh, they have been so gracious to let us rehearse here some, and we turned around when we were learning this song, and the anthems were laying on all your choir pews. So uh, sing along with us, would you? Well, I've been to the river, I've been baptized, I've been washed in the blood of the land. I've been changed from this creature that once I was, and redeemed is now my name. I've been changed, I'm reborn now, all my life has been rearranged. What a difference it made when the Lord came and stayed in my heart. Oh, yes, I've been changed. Though my sin were as scarlet, they're white as snow. I was lost, but today I am free. I was bound in this darkness, but now I'm lost. I am bound, but now I see. I've been changed. I've been changed. I'm newborn now. All my life has been rearranged. What a difference it made when the Lord came and stayed in my heart. Oh yes, I've been changed. Like the poor Hebrew children, I wandered long in a bare desert land to and fro. But I crossed over Jordan to Canaan's land where the milk and honey flow. When at last in his presence I stand above, he will wipe all the tears from my eyes. And I thank him for giving a wretch like me, lasting hope beyond the sky. I've been changed, I'm born now, all my life has been rearranged. What a difference it made when the Lord came and stayed in my heart. Oh, yes, I've been changed. What a difference it made when the Lord came and stayed in my heart. Oh, yes, I've been changed. I've changed. Amen. How many of you are glad you've been changed this morning? Amen. Well, Donnie's all nervous this morning, you know, singing in front of, you know, all these friends and stuff. But we got here this morning and he said, Greg, he said, these people love me and they like to hear me sing. So I expect you to let me do the solos. I said, he's a boss, so I got to do what he says. Um, this is the title song of our new uh, CD that just came out. Um, that I want Donnie to come and sing as well. It's entitled, In His Hands.
a simple meal but in his hands he fed a multitude to hungry people and still had enough for 12 baskets to be filled and in his hand there no divinity to calm a storm or heal disease and from his hands healing virtue flows in his hand no price i bring simply to the cross i cling for in his hand my broken life made whole in my hands three rusty nails two pieces of wood would bring nothing more just a painful death when they drove those nails in Jesus' hands He brought to us salvation's plan And I place my life in the Master's hands In His hands a haunted mind with painful memories Could never be erased or made whole again but in his hand that angry heart it's softened like a child with just a touch made into a brand new man and in his hands he holds a galaxy the stars the planets so why can't we just put our trust in his unseen hand and it's guiding me safe thus far will keep you wherever you are till the day we touch the precious nail scarred hands in my hands three rusty nails and two pieces of wood would bring nothing more than just a painful death when they drove those nails in Jesus' hands He brought to us salvation's plan And I place my life in the Master's hands And I place my life in the Master's hands trust that you have done that this morning and placed your life in the master's hand. I cast my bread upon the water, my 
helping my brother struggling on life's stormy sea and I'll be so at a good sea I do at a good deed that'll come back come back to me well I picked up the good book and took me a long look I believe in each and every part But I sure rejoice in knowing About the reaping and the sowing I really took that message to my heart I cast my bread upon the water I help me, my brother Struggling on life's stormy sea I'll be so at a good sea I do at a good deed That'll come back, come back to me That's what God has called us to do, amen To support one another, to help one another to Encourage one another Well, I can't buy my way to heaven There's a heaven Purchased by our good and loving Lord And I'll go on to striving Trusting and surviving Holding on, expecting my reward I cast my bread upon the water By helping my brother Struggling on life's stormy sea and I'll be so at a good sea I do at a good deed That'll come back, come back to me Well, I cast my bread upon the water By helping my brother Struggling on life's stormy sea Stormy sea And I'll be so at a good sea I do and a good deed That'll come back Come back Come back to me So I cast my bread upon the water By helping my brother Struggling on life's stormy sea Stormy sea And I'll be so and a good sea I do and a good deed That'll come back Come back to me So I cast my bread upon the water By helping my brother Struggling on life's stormy sea And I'll be so in a good sea By doing a good deed That'll come back, come back, come back to me Oh yes, it's gonna come back Come back to me Come on back to me Yeah, amen We need to be casting that out and Encouraging one another We're going to do one more song this morning And uh, as pastors preparing to come This song's about 20 years old It was made popular by the cathedrals 
And uh, it's got a great message. And uh, I want to challenge you to the, this morning as we sing this. It's entitled, A Vessel of Mercy. And, you know, in our fast-paced lives these days, it's hard to, to see a lot of grace and mercy sometimes because we're moving at such a fast pace and we don't take time to, to look at others around us or we get frustrated um, with things that are happening and, and whatnot. But um, I just want to challenge you as we sing this song this morning to be a vessel of mercy.
my heart to be a vessel worthy of you. All of God's people said, Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Steve, and I'm here to tell you all about Back to Church Sunday. It's going to be awesome. And usually, I have my friend Josh here with me to tell you all about it. But he's not here. You know, he's been having a really hard time inviting someone. You know what? I'm going to give him a call just to make sure he's coming. Josh! Josh! Hello? Hello? Are you there? Hello? Okay, bye. Hey, man. Sorry I'm late. Woo! Super busy. Back to church time. Let's do this. Dude, I thought you were nervous about inviting me. Oh, I was so nervous. But we talked about it, you know, and then I invited one person and I couldn't stop. Friends, family, my waiter at Chili's. I became an inviting machine. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, check it out. My shirt. Back to church. <laughs> what? Church. Oh, I missed that R. It's okay. People get the idea. Check out the back. Got church. People love that, man. Dude, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, hold that thought. Get a call. Hey, Bruce. Yeah. You coming? Perfect. I'll see you there. Ciao. 27. Yes. What? You've invited 27 people. 27 people this morning. This morning. <laughs> How are you doing all this? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that it's, oh, hold on. Get another call. It's Pastor. 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 Hey, yeah, I've been looking at the numbers this morning. I think we're going to have to add uh, at least two to three services at the very least. Okay. Get back with me ASAP. Thank you. Bye. Ciao. Dude, this is incredible. Yes. I mean, yeah. help us out. What I would, would love to help everyone out, and I want everyone to listen up. The number one most important thing is this. Oh, get in the call. Gotta take it. So sorry. Yeah, hello? Oh, it's on my burner. Hello, go for Josh. Yeah. Yes, I need to rent some buses. Mm-hmm. How many buses are in our fleet? Gotta take this by. Okay. Well, Back to Church Sunday is right around the corner, so whether you invite one person or 27 in one morning, make sure you invite someone, and we'll see you right here at Back to Church Sunday. Hey, can you drive a bus? You don't worry about it. Back to Church Sunday. So that's a video there. This week, I want you to be praying about who can you invite to come to church. There are folks all around us who are not here. They aren't in God's house, not in this church, not in any church, they're wherever. They're not, <clears throat> they're not here, but they need to be here. They need to be hearing this type of music, hearing the gospel, hearing uh, God's word read and proclaimed, and that's important we have an obligation and responsibility. Thank you, Embrace by Grace, and Embrace with Grace. Thank you so much for that. And you're even talking about casting the net. That is certainly true. We cast the net to share the good news, to invite folks to church. And that's certainly what next Sunday is. This is something, Broadway, I want you to place on your heart to think, is there someone that I know, someone who, God, you've placed and put in my life who I just need to say, hey, I just want to invite you this Sunday. Why don't you make it? And um, it'll be a very special Sunday. I know they'll receive a blessing. And it will, um, it, and all that. God, you never know how the Holy Spirit works and how uh, the wind blows in people's life, how it's very clear to folks how they could respond to the gospel. If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, open your Bible to the book of John, John chapter 6. John chapter 6 is a long chapter. We're not going to read all 71 verses. We're going to read there towards the back, but this is a message here about as uh, 
the disciples described it. It was a hard teaching. And it's really a message here, church, about what it means to be a disciple. What does it mean to follow Jesus? I want to tell you what's going on in this chapter here. Um, how this started out, John chapter 6. Jesus feeds 5,000 people. And um, we won't read it, but I'll read it here. In verse 2, it says, A huge crowd was following him because they saw the signs he was performing by healing the sick. So what's happening here? Jesus has monster crowds all around him. He's feeding them, 5,000 folks. Uh, folks are excited. They've got leftover basketfuls of bread and fish. And there's just a lot of momentum right now in Jesus' ministry and what he's doing. Well, after that, um, he had to send the folks home. Then he um, showed off and he walked on water. He was able to show his disciples that he doesn't need to take a boat. He can walk on water and waves don't bother him. He just takes a big step over them. So then he gets, the next day, he still got this crowd because they were fed. He met a physical need there. And then he gave them this teaching about the middle part of John chapter 6. And this was an unusual teaching. This was a teaching where Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And he goes on for about 30 verses here talking about how you, you've had this other bread over here that I fed you with and I know you got full. We had a lot of leftovers and we all had the to-go boxes to go home. But there's something even greater than the bread that you eat, and that's me. I'm actually the bread you can eat. So Jesus made this statement that's really odd. He said, unless you eat me, eat me, which I'm the bread, and drink my blood, you will have no part in me. Like that's eternal life is eating Jesus and drinking his blood. And, you know, that kind of grosses some of us out. That sounds like a vampire, just something that's just unusual about drinking someone's blood and, and eating them. And, uh, but that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I am the bread of life. I am the manna that has come down from heaven. That, that's what it means to be a disciple and identify with Jesus. Well, then, this is where we're about to pick up here. So he's teaching these things, and um, it's a hard teaching. So I want you to pick up, we're going to start in verse 60. Look what it says here, verse 60. So we just, Jesus just explained about how they need to drink his blood and eat him as the bread. Therefore, when many of the disciples, now it's interesting, they're called disciples. When the disciples heard this, now these weren't lost folks, these were the people who were following Jesus. They might not have been the twelve disciples, they weren't the twelve disciples, but these were other followers who had professed an allegiance to say, I'm raise their hand and say, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. And what happens here? Look what they say. When they heard this, they said, This teaching is hard. Who can accept it? Like, Jesus, man, what are you talking about? This is hard. It's like if you're a school teacher and you're teaching like math or science. And your class rises up and says, this is too hard. We can't do this work. I don't want to study for this, this hard exam and all this homework and this reading and these problems you're giving. Teacher, make it easy. Why do we have to do all this homework? Why do we have to, why do we have to rise to this standard to follow you, Jesus? That's what they're saying here. So look on what happens. Jesus, verse 61 
knowing in himself that his disciples were complaining about this, he asked them. So he knows they're griping about how hard this is. And he says, and this is one of the questions we're going to answer, because we're going to go through this, and we're going to answer some questions. Does this offend you? He knows they're griping. He says, does it bother you what I'm saying? Am I offensive to you? Is this not what you expected of me? Did I throw a curveball here? He asked that question. Does this offend you? Then, what if you, if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where He was before? The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some among you who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who did not believe, and the one who would betray him. He said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. We're going to talk about here, that verse. What he's talking about, he's talking about, he's, re- he's referencing Judas here. Because Judas is in the midst here, and he's saying, you know, a lot of you are here, and God's brought you here, but some of you here are going to betray, one of you here is going to betray me. Verse 66. Now, this I think is the saddest verse in the entire book of John, if not the whole New Testament. And the verse is the only place you see it's John 6, 66. So it has the 666. And here's it, here it is right here. Only place in the Bible you'll see a scripture, 666. From that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. Some of your translations say, and they deserted him, or they no longer followed him. So what happened here in John 6, 66, Jesus said, hey, does this offend you? Can you not handle this? In fact, some of you are of the devil. You're not going to be here anyway. So then he, he said, basically, the Father, God, has to, has to do a work in your life and to draw you to, to me. And then all of a sudden, all these people, and the powerful thing about this, and the shocking thing about this verse, you look at who's leaving, is this the crowd? No, it says here, these are the disciples. The disciples are abandoning Jesus. Now remember, in verse 2, we started with this monster crowd, is this chapter. All these people are hanging around Jesus. He's appealing to the masses, and he's feeding them. And then we say, yeah, I know you got your bread. I know you got your stomachs filled here, but you know I am the bread of life. If you eat and drink of me, you live forever. I'm even better. It's like Jesus turned from doing the magic show to the real teaching here. The purpose of feeding 5,000 people was to show, yeah, that's great, but there's better bread. And that's this bread from heaven that only I can offer. It's like all of a sudden he turned religious on them. This conversation turned. And then all the people left. Like Jesus is specializing in decline. He has this monster crowd, all this momentum, and there they go. There goes his followers. Their, Their ship is sailing away. They're deserting the Lord. They're turning back. And it says, and this is what's, and they're going off. They're turn, literally, 
literally, it's like they're standing here. This is what means to turn back. You're listening to Jesus. You're hearing it, and you're turning your backs, okay? I'm done. And they walk away. They're walking away from the Lord. And then look what Jesus says here. Look at this Broadway. Look what it says in verse 67. I mean, apparently they were just in a, a fast decline. I mean, it was like the disciples are standing there saying, where's everybody going? Like, what, what's happening? And look what Jesus says in verse 67. So Jesus said to the twelve, now he's still got his twelve disciples here. They haven't left yet. And he turns to them. And he says, you don't want to go away too, do you? Like, guys, are, are, are y'all going to leave? Are, are we all going to leave? Is it going to be, a, is it going to be me by myself after I told everybody that I'm the bread of life? And literally, he's, he's, he's dropping so fast, his stock is declining. Everybody's just deserting and abandoning the Lord. And he's concerned that his 12 disciples are going to hit the road too. And then, that's one of the key questions here. Now, we're looking at these key questions Jesus is asking. Remember, the first one says, does this offend you? Do, do, does this bother you that I'm talking this way, that I'm the bread of life, that I, I'm it, guys? And then, all of a sudden, he turns to them and says, you, you don't want to leave too. I mean, are we, are we all going to leave? Is this over? And look at the question that Peter, who's the leader of the twelve, because now we're back down to the twelve and Jesus, because everybody else is gone. Verse 68, Simon Peter spoke up and he answered, Lord, to whom do we go? Like, where, where else do I go? Like, what else do I have? Like, all these folks are leaving, but... What's my other option? What a powerful question. Peter says, he's standing there, and he's just watching the people just flake out on him. There they go. They were fair-weather disciples. And Peter says, I, I don't know where else to go. Like, who else do I follow? I, who else do I get salvation? Who else offers the bread of life? Listen, I want you all to know, when you leave and you turn your back on Jesus, and you give them a him. Where, what's next? Where do you go after the Lord? There's nowhere to go. That's what, Jesus, that's what Peter's saying. He's saying, I have nowhere to go. You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. He, he's given a testimony here. Peter's saying, you're it. You're the, you're the Holy One, the, our only hope you offer. Verse 70. Jesus replied to him, Didn't I choose you, the twelve? Yet one of you is the devil. He's referring to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, one of the twelve, because he was going to betray him. This here starts out as a hard teaching. The hard teaching here is eternal life is only through Jesus Christ. There is no other way to God. There is no other way to salvation. The bread of life is Christ and I think this would be hard for us because think about it. You're listening to this man talk, and he's saying, drink my blood, eat my bread, partake in me, and you will have eternal life. It just doesn't sound... It's, it's weird. You're just sitting there listening to this. What, what's, what's he talking about? This is strange. So he's talking about having this identity with Christ, a closeness with Christ, that only someone who can partake in the bread of life, can identify with. This is why we do the Lord's Supper. 
This is why every other month we as a church say we're going to partake and identify with Christ. And he knows Jesus answers the question, asks the question in verse 61, is, are, is this offend you? This is one of the key questions here. He's, he's bringing a distinction here of who true disciples really are. Because the ones who are offended by the words of Jesus, the folks who could not follow the Lord, there's a key difference between a true and a false disciple. A false disciple is someone who quits following Jesus. What does that look like today? This looks like today when at one point in your life, you were actively had a relationship, a daily walk, a quiet time. A, uh, Christ was the center of your life. And something, someone, something happened, and we don't consciously just turn our backs and walk away, but you've drifted away from the Lord, and now He's not there. It's a hard teaching. It's offend, you've been offended. It's weird. And you've stopped following. That's what a false disciple is. It's someone who has quit following. And the idea of disciple is someone who believes in Jesus and someone who follows Him, who continues walking with Him. And these guys, they gave up on the Lord. They, they quit following Him. So this idea, in the New Testament we see that Jesus is teaching us, this idea of, of being a disciple and believing in Jesus yet not following Him, that's far into the New Testament. If you are here this morning, maybe a friend invited you, or God led you here in the rain, and you're here, and you're not where you need to be spiritually. You are not walking in union with Christ. Christ is speaking to you, and He's saying, you've turned back. So where do you go? Or where have you gone? Where are you at right now? Because you're not with me. I'm not the center and the most important thing in your life. If everyone else is abandoning the Lord, if everyone else is just kind of fading away, are you going to do it? If Jesus turns to us and asks that question and says, are you going to leave me too? Are you going to go away? What do we say? I want to say, how do we go away? You know, tying this in with National Back to Church Sunday. Guys, if you are a disciple of Jesus, you're going to be in His house. You're going to be in church. There's no such thing we see in the New Testament as the believers who claim to be saved, but they're not in fellowship with other believers in worship. People who don't go to church, they're not disciples. Because disciples know, hey, this is what God wants. We gather with His people. We worship together. Christ calls us to Himself. He draws us to Himself. Yet this is an offensive teaching that, um, that the folks are struggling with here. In verse 65, if you look at this, look at your Bible here. It said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it's granted him by the Father. And I think, well, my goodness. I wonder if I've been granted by the Father. This is what this is here, is God is ultimately sovereign in our salvation. Meaning, God convicts people of sin. God places people in your life to invite, that you, someone's invited you to church. Someone has shared the good news. It's not an accident you come to hear the teaching and the singing and the preaching of God's Word and the re public reading of Scripture. So what happens is God draws the net. He draws the folks in. God is sovereign, but church, we are responsible. There's a response by these people. 
they turned back. They quit. They were showing we're not saved. Disciples, being a believer in Christ, means I'm going to continue to follow the Lord. I'm going to respond to Him. That response is a daily response. There's eternal security. God saves you forever. But we are expected daily. We pick up the cross. Jesus says, you pick up the cross daily and you follow me. When someone throws down the cross and they walk away and say, I'm done, I'm getting tired of this. They're showing they were not true disciples. Because if you're a true disciple, Jesus, your follower, you will continue to follow him. People follow the Lord in good times and bad times and rainy days and bright sunny days. Whatever the day is, you're following Jesus. You're carrying the cross. That's what he's talking about here. So when he says God's, God's chosen you, you respond to say, Lord, I appreciate and I love the grace you've given me. Now I'm going to follow you. Hard times make us many times give up. I want to tell you about a hard time I experienced at a restaurant this week. <clears throat> we have some fine Broadway church members here, and they've been telling me for many months, said, Daniel, you and the family need to come to the mountains to come eat seafood. So this place up in a natural bridge in Slade, Kentucky, is the greatest restaurant in all of the whole state. You've got to go there. We've been, sure, I've been hearing about this month after month. After, so finally this week, this place does, now you're up in the mountains, a unlimited seafood buffet in the mountains. So we sign up, so we'll go to the seafood buffet. We you know, go out there, and um, we're there, and it, it was good. We had, they had to get there three hours early to get a table. place was packed up in um, Slade, Kentucky. We get there, and the line's long, and we finally get seated. And we get to our table, and we get our food, and... Um, and I was there, Daniel Elizabeth, and uh, this unlimited all-you-can-eat seafood buffet had these monster crab claws. You know, have you ever had crab claws? They're like, you have to have like a tool to eat the things and to cut them in half like a wrench and tear them apart. <clears throat> so we're there, we're eating these crab claws. I think, I'm going to bring some of these home. I mean, these are so neat. I mean, they're huge. I mean, things are this long. So we're sitting there, and we're used to asking for the to-go box. And this is a first for me. It's a first for me to go way up on a mountain to eat an unlimited seafood buffet in the middle of nowhere. But anyway, you do what you got to do. So we're up there, and we're eating our unlimited seafood buffet. And I asked the waiter, I said, you know, can I get a to-go box? He said, certainly. He brought me one, and it's sitting there on the table. Well, apparently, um, that was a, he broke the rules. The manager was walking around helping clean tables, and she saw the to-go box and said, um, did someone bring you the to-go box? I go, Absolutely. And she said, oh, we're not allowed to pass out to-go boxes when we have our all-you-can-eat seafood buffet open. I go, I'm so sorry, I, I didn't know. And she said, well, who brought it to you? So I have no idea who brought it to me. It just, it just <laughs> appeared, it just showed up. It's a to-go box, we're just going to bring some of these big clowns. Didn't want to get the young man in trouble. The woman took it back. Like She took it back to the kitchen, pulls it off the table, there goes the to-go box. But I'm thinking, oh, I'm bringing this, these, I mean, these crab claws were huge. I mean, they could almost bite you, you trying to eat them, they're so big. I thought, I'm bringing one of these home. So this, this restaurant had a gift shop, so we wrapped up, 
<laughs> don't ask. You're up in the mountains. If a restaurant is a gift shop, you, you, you just go along with the flow. So with the kids, you got to go in the gift shop and go, go, go get more stuff. But um, we're there, and we wrap up in a napkin these huge crowd, and they're so big, their claws are hanging out of the napkin. So we're going into, and we're carrying these out, because they wouldn't give us a to-go box. So we're carrying this stuff out, and I'm sure folks are looking at it. The place was packed, and we're hauling away these crab claws like we're, just, like we're stealing or something, you know, just taking them out of the restaurant. So we go in the gift shop, and they see us, and they said, Sir, y'all, y'all need a, you want a shopping bag for your crab claws? So we walk out with a shopping bag now with our, with our crab claws. Anyway, that being said, we left that place in Slate, Kentucky, carrying a shopping bag filled with crab claws home that night, wrapped up in a, a napkin that we were using because that's all they, cause they wouldn't give us. Now, that to me, that was weird. It was strange. First time in my life, but you know, you show it to the cat. They, uh, crab claws were neat. I have something like this, something you want to take a picture of. So I've never in my life seen such. Now, when we have these weird experiences, it's easy for us to say, and this is what we do. You know what? That waitress, I can't believe she took back the uh, to-go box. How rude was that? I'm going to stiff her on her tip. In fact, I'm never going to eat at that restaurant again for how we were treated. And you're offended by that. Something unusual happens to you. Something you weren't expecting in your it's your dining experience up in the mountains at the unlimited seafood buffet up there. And you walk away with a bad attitude. Church, I'm telling you, listen. That is what Jesus just did to these people. They were hoping that he was just going to keep feeding them meal after meal. I mean, after all, he could, do the, he could do the miracle. Why not just keep feeding everybody in Israel? He just fed 5,000. But then he's saying, guys, this isn't about this. I'm going to take away your food, I'm going to take away your crab claws, and I'm going to give you me. You're going to get the bread of life of Jesus. I am your salvation, is what he's saying. And they're like, uh-uh, no, Jesus, I wanted, I wanted the crab claws, like I want the to-go box, I wanted the meal we just got. And they slowly walked away and said, I'm done. This isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I signed up for. Church, I'm telling you, when Jesus Christ does something or says something or speaks to you in an unusual way, something you weren't expecting, it's easy for us to say, I'm offended, I'm going to go or quit somewhere else. And you throw in the towel. Listen, some of you might be in trials this morning. Some of you might be going through hard times. God's allowing you to be in a season of difficult days and dark days and rainy days. For the very purpose that it's going to strengthen your face and force you to become more dependent upon Him. Like you are right in the center of God's will. On a rainy, sad day when you go to the doctor, you get terrible news, or your family's just falling apart, or financially you're struggling. Listen, Jesus is driving you to your knees, so you cry out to Him and say, Lord, it's, where else do I go? Where else do I go? God, it's you. Jesus Christ is bringing you at that point where He wants you to be like Peter and say, God, you're it. You are all I have. It's me and the Lord. That's what's great about this statement here. God is sovereign over us. We are responsible to respond like Peter did. Where else do I go? Lord, you're it. 
why did people follow Jesus? Look up here on the screen. This is why people were following Jesus. I think fundamentally, this is what we're going to say today. In a little bit, we're going to have an invitation here, and I'm going to lead us in a sinner's prayer. And we're going to answer that question. Why are you following Jesus this morning? Because this is some of the reasons why he was having followers. He started out with 5,000 plus, and he was down to 12. Great negative growth by Jesus. Because of the miracles he performed. He was a show. You know, church can become a show. Do you know that? <clears throat> Religious events can become a show. But when it comes down to it, Jesus is going to drive home and says, Okay, what if the show ends? What if, what if it's just about you and the Lord? What's, where's the real meat at? And it, what, the meat's not in the miracles here. The meat's in the Word of God. Say, so I want folks who are saying, I have nowhere else to go, but Lord, it's you. It's me and you. These are the folks who came for the miracles, and they wanted to, um, they wanted to, be, they wanted to be fed. Number two, people come because of the monarch they perceive me. They wanted Jesus to become the king. And going around saying, eat my bread and drink my blood, that's not kingly. It's not cool. That's not, how you're, that's not how you get elected. And that's not what they were expecting. They wanted to be cabinet positions in his uh, new government he was going to usher in in Israel. And he's going around talking about he's bread from heaven. They don't want bread. They want a king. They want some, a ruler who's going to beat the Romans. And so this isn't what they were expecting. And not only that, they wanted the meal he provided they wanted a handout. And we talked to this about in our Sunday school class today. There's a lot of folks that go to Jesus that want something. And it's a handout. When it comes down to it, they say, God, what can you provide for me? And Jesus looks at those and says, I provide you with bread. I'm the bread. I give you eternal life. And fourthly, and this is the reason we should follow him, because of the message he preached. Jesus is saying here, I'm the Messiah. This morning, if you are here for any other reason for this reason, that is not biblical discipleship. Following Jesus, we follow Jesus because of the message he proclaimed. His message is, he is the only way. Peter cries out, where else do I go? This, ch this chapter here starts out with a huge crowd. By the time we get to verse 66, we just see many disciples. And this morning, if that is you, you need to be able to say, have I turned myself, my back, turned away, turned my family? Has something unexpected, has my to-go box been swiped from me that I didn't want to occur? Has something unexpected happened in my life that has caused for me to pull back from the Lord? God does this on purpose to bring you to Himself. Last things we're going to see. We're going to have these three final takeaways. Jesus' teaching is hard. It's hard following Jesus. We are not promised whatsoever bright sunny days. It is difficult being a follower and disciple of the Lord because Jesus is saying, I am the only way, and it's going to be offensive, it won't be cool, it won't be popular, but you are one of my people. I've chosen you. I've saved you. And I expect you to go out and proclaim my message to others and invite other people and share the good news. Number two, many people who begin the journey won't finish it. We have all know folks who are at one point 
were sitting in this sanctuary, maybe a year, two years, three years ago, and for whatever, any reason, you can come up with any reason, they're not here. They're not in God's house. They're not in another church. They're at home. They're bitter. They're angry. And they, they've started the journey, but they, they're not going to finish it. And lastly, see there, this is the question Peter asked, and this is the question for you. We're about to have our invitation. If not Jesus, church, then who? If not Jesus, who? Who, who else do I go to? Jesus wants to get every single one of us and say, Lord, is there anything, anyone else that I am trusting in that all of a sudden it's, it's empty? There's nothing there. There's no substance. I want everybody to bow their heads. I'm going to lead us in the sinner's prayer. These past three weeks or so, the three weeks that we're in, we are focusing on making clear the gospel. And that question Peter asked, if not you, Lord, to whom do we go? If you are here this morning and you've never answered that question, maybe you've been one in John 6.66 and at some point you turned back, meaning you dropped out. You started the race, but you have not finished it. The Lord is speaking to you this morning. He's saying... You need to start running the race again. You need to start following me again. You need to make a recommitment to the Lord. You need to make a recommitment to His church. You need to make a recommitment to a daily quiet time. It's so easy to be a dropout. We are in a dropout culture. And the, Jesus experienced dropouts like nobody else did. And He was worried His twelve were about to leave Him. And even with a hard teaching, Jesus Christ is speaking to you this morning, with every head bowed, every eye closed, and He's saying, are you willing to follow me no matter what? If you died right now, if this is the last sermon you were to ever hear, if this is it, if you passed away going home, are you ready to spend eternal life with the Lord? Are you in a relationship with God? Are you in a, is your personal walk with the Lord where it needs to be? If Jesus were to ask that question, that, would you speak up like Peter and say, Lord, where else do we go? If that is you, you need to respond this morning. There's no delay. There's no tomorrow. We're not promised anything. Jesus didn't promise these folks anything. They lost their meal. They didn't get a to-go box. They were just left alone. It was just them and Jesus. I'm going to lead us in a sinner's prayer. And this is your response to the gospel. The Lord is putting in your life. I want you to pray this along with me. Dear Jesus, save me. There's nowhere else for me to go. Lord, you're it. I give you my heart and my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Here I am, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. The Bible says, church, that's what it means to surrender to Him.
You trusted Christ this morning. He's calling you. Jesus Christ, He's chosen you. He's the bread of life, and He extends it to you. Christ is saying, if you've made a decision to follow Him, don't, don't be like the other folks and walk out the back door and turn your back. He's saying, you walk to Jesus. To where else do you go? Who else offers eternal life? I'm going to invite you to respond. We're going to stand together. David Dale's going to lead us in a song. God's placed a decision on your life. If you need to make a decision this morning, whether it's to get saved, or you got saved, or you need to make a rededication, or whatever else, I'm going to be standing down front waiting for you. We're going to stand together, and we're going to sing. Just a Just as I am with one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am, and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee whose blood cleanses spot, O Lamb of God, I as I am, thou wilt receive, will welcome part, cleanse, relieve, because I promise I be Tonight at 5.30, we have Awana. Tonight is crazy sock night, so you need to uh, bring your children and grandchildren and come here tonight and wear your crazy socks. It starts at 5.30, so that's our Awana night. If you didn't come to our, our first meeting a couple weeks ago, you're certainly invited to sign up tonight. We've had folks sign up since then. A great way to begin. Uh, tonight at 6 o'clock is Embraced with Grace, our concert, so we're excited about that. I want you to be able to come in. If you drop your children off at Awana, you come up to the concert from 6 to 7, and then afterwards go pick your children. So it's going to be a, a great evening um, uh, tonight with our concert and with our Awana. David's going to close this with our song. All right, we're going to sing together the chorus in the sweet by and by. In the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore see you tonight